Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I was having clicker issues. <laughs> that sounds like a medical condition. Sorry, Doc, I got clicker issues. <laughs> It wouldn't click the thing, click thing, clink thing. Gotcha. I couldn't get the sound going. JC says I'm the queen of of uh, pronouns. I love throwing pronouns around. Welcome everybody to the show. JC, I can't get our YouTube to show up here. I can't tell who's in the chat room. What are you doing, man? We got um, in Facebook chat room. Here we go. We've got uh, oh. Michael says, guns up, J.D. Hello from Oregon City, Oregon, New York in the house. Tampa Bay, Florida, South Carolina. Can you pull up YouTube on your phone? See if you can find YouTube somewhere so we can get our chat people recognized here. So how are you doing today, J.C.? Good. Thank you. It's like stinking hot. It is very hot. It it's, is it's Florida. Stinking you live in hot. Florida. No, it's only June and it's already stinking hot. Everybody who knows me knows that you don't make Chrisanne go outside end of July, uh, mid August. Mm -mm, don't put me outside. It's just now stinking hot. 107 degrees is the heat index. That tells me I've got no business being out side hey guess what did you see this jc um the eu oh i don't want to do this the eu is going to ban american travel okay so the eu says based on covid yeah based on covid the european union says that we're not allowed to uh go to the european union how cool is that Works for me. I, I think I think it works for me, too. I don't want to go. I, I had no plans on going to the EU. And if they don't want me there, I certainly don't want to be there. What does that, when you say go to the EU, is that like going to Brussels or I, the nations of the, the EU? The nations of the EU, you know, because you're not an autonomous country anymore uh, once you join the EU, according to the EU. You are a, a subject of the European Union. And so... Uh, I think I'll survive. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Is that I suspect our I'll sleep pretty, pretty well. Or is that the Oath Keepers YouTube channel that you have up there? I don't know. I suppose I'll sleep pretty well. Not getting to go to the EU. Yeah, not getting to go to the EU. So what's on tap today? What's on tap today? People are telling me we're not on YouTube. So that's why I'm trying to ask you, which YouTube channel are you on? Uh, we're there. That's, is that our YouTube channel or is that sure Oath Keeper's is. YouTube channel? No. Uh, well, people aren't getting notices, I guess. Alrighty then. Okay, so I wanted to give everybody a heads up here, something that's going on in Virginia with our friends at the Gun Owners of America. They are suing, once again, the Democrat-led legislature in Virginia. Virginia. And the lawsuit filed against the Virginia State Police Superintendent Gary Seidel seeks to remove uh, the limit 
on uh, firearms. So Valerie Trojan, a Virginia resident, Brothers in Arms, Inc., a licensed firearm dealer and three gun rights group, Gun Owners of America, Virginia Citizens Defense League, and Gun Owners Foundation filed suit on June 12th in Goochland County City Court in opposition to the law, which makes buying more than one handgun per month a misdemeanor unless an exemption applies. Wow. So if you buy more than one handgun in Virginia per month, you are a criminal for buying more than one thing a month. And what does the Virginia Constitution say about gun ownership? The Virginia, well, that's a good question. Let's look that up. I think that would be important, right? That would be important. If outlawing yep. purchase of firearms. The Virginia Constitution right here, Bill of Rights. I just, you guys see how this, how easy this can be, right? So let's see, equality of rights, people are the source of power, governments instituted for common benefit, no exclusion, separation of violence, criminal prosecutions, rights of a victim, uh, militia standing armies are subordinate. Uh, let's see. A well-regulated militia composed of the body of the people trained to arms is the proper and natural safe defense of a free state. Therefore, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. There you go. That standing armies in time of peace should be avoided as dangerous to liberty and that in all cases the military should be in strict subordination to and governed by the civil power. So I wonder what well-regulated, or well, let's see, uh, have the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. You don't really have to. There's no connection. Go there. Just, just therefore. Just shall not be infringed, right? Mm-hmm. So that should be the limit on your right to keep and bear arms. The shall not be infringed limit. And yet we have the governor and the legislature of Virginia saying that it's against the law to buy more than one handgun per month. JC, would you call that an infringement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, June 15th press release on the Gun Owners Foundation website. Remember, fringe means edge. Fringe means edge. So, to infringe would be to on... Don't even the, get on the edge. Don't it. even get on the edge. Because that's, that's always the argument. We're, we're not prohibiting you from having a farm. We're just saying you can't buy more than one each month. Right. Because that's what right. they say. Well, you got on the edge there. So, get off. Yep. Well... Right. Because that's their argument. Well, then we're just out here on the outside. We're just, right. we're just nipping we're at... Not we're not stopping you. It. We're just picking at the edges. Yeah. Well, infringe means to get on the edges. To stay off the edges. So get off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Eric Pratt, who is our friend, by the way, Senior Vice President Eric Pratt, who's also Senior Vice President for Gun Owners America, said, Go- Governor Northrum wants a repeat of this failed law, which was previous repe- previously repealed in 2012, In the past 80 years, Virginia was ranked as one of the safest states in the country. This shows that the radical push for gun control has nothing to do with reducing crime, but is rather about implementing a disarmament agenda. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And that's exactly what our friend, uh, what our founder said. That, uh, remember, the governor of Pennsylvania in the mid-17, 
uh, 40s explained to Parliament and to the king that the best way to control the people was to disarm them. But interestingly enough, the governor of Pennsylvania, who was an appointee of the king, told the, told the king in Parliament, don't disarm them openly, weaken them, and let them sink gradually, right? Sinking gradually is the getting on the fringe thing. Mm -hmm. Sinking gradually is about getting on the fringes. And so that's what I they're doing. I don't understand the argument that they're say that they're making here. So part of the suit's argument, it says law infringes on the Second Amendment. First off, that's the federal constitution. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. When they're talking about the state, it says the statute is no less an infringement on the right to keep and bear arms than is limiting persons to purchasing one Bible per month, which would be an oh okay, which would be an infringement right. under Article One, Section Twelve. Right. So right. So what do they? Also make the argument that's an that's an infringement under Article One, Section Thirteen of the State Constitution. I just it's just always curious to me. Here's the lawsuit in state court about a state law, and they're referencing the U.S. Constitution. Right. I can't say they're not referencing. I haven't seen the thing, but wouldn't you reference the state constitution? Well, yeah, and of course you would reference the state constitution, but we don't have we yeah, don't I'm have not looking at lawsuit. the lawsuit. Yeah. So the lawsuit but itself... But the article, I guess the article yeah. references yeah. the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. I mean, it says, they're arguing because it's a violation of the Second Amendment. Well, actually, no, it's a violation of Article 1, Section 13 of the Virginia Constitution. Right, exactly, exactly. No, it will list that, but you know how the media is. They only care about the federal government and that sort of thing. So, no, they would definitely do that. They would list, actually, they would list about every single section and every single code in Virginia that would be violated as well. Um, so, yeah. But that's just the way media, the media singles out on that stuff. Now, they are going to put in the Second Amendment in there as well because then that gives them an avenue to the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. right? And we all know that, that the legal system believes that the 14th Amendment makes the Second Amendment sure. a, an issue for state and local courts. Notice I said that they think they think right and you know I mentioned something the other day about if you're going to attack my my rights you know I'm gonna pick up whatever tools I have to come and get you and if you're gonna attack my rights and one of the weapons that you're using against me is laying next to me, I'm going to use it up against you. So we were talking about the whole mask thing the other day and using the Americans with Disability Act as a way to defeat the mask mandates on the local level. And I, you know, people are like, that's unconstitutional, Chrisanne. You know it's unconstitutional. Well, I know it's unconstitutional. So is taking my right to, to autonomy of my body. So is taking my right to choose. So is taking my right to medical privacy. Uh, so I'm just going to pick it's up like that stuff. It's like if you were wrestling with a burglar, yeah. you know, with a sawed-off shotgun, right? You get the sawed-off shotgun. I'm not, I'm not going to shoot you with this. This is illegal. This is illegal, <laughs> right? No, I'm going to use whatever is with me. Hey, by the way, yesterday we talked about publishing the notices. Well, we have published the notices. You can get these notices at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. 
You can get them uh, on Facebook. You can get them on Twitter. We have one that's special for Hillsborough County because Hillsborough County is special to us. And then we have one in general for business owners. So this one is for business owners. This is actually, JC, if, if they take this to Kinko's or Office Depot and have it printed out, it's actually a poster size. So it's a poster size notice that you can put in your business window. You can put in your bus on your business door and you can say, uh, it just simply says, those in government have ordered all persons entering indoor facilities to wear a mask. If you have a medical condition that prevents you from wearing a mask, you are exempt from this order. Due to HIPAA and the Fourth Amendment, we cannot legally ask you about your medical condition. Therefore, if we see you without a mask, we will assume you have a medical condition and we will welcome you inside to support our business. We are constantly sanitizing and circulating fresh air through throughout this business every day. Thank you for your support and understanding. In compliance with ADA and HIPAA laws, out of respect for your privacy. I think that's a great notice, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't take a stand. It doesn't, it doesn't, well, I mean, it does it's take a stand. It, well, it tells you, informs you what the law says. And the truth. And the truth. And frankly, I find it despicable that governments and law enforcement, you know, they want to call themselves law enforcement. Then they slough off the enforcement of these mask mandates on the business owners. They, they are weaponizing Americans against Americans. You know, the whole see, say, see something, say something thing. Weaponizing people again. This is just another form of division in America. The mask, the mask one says, according to the ADA, masks are not required anywhere in America. No business may deny you service because you refuse to wear a mask. Violation punishable by $75,000 fine. And then explains to you why that's a fact. The Americans with Disability Act requires reasonable accommodation to anyone who cannot wear a mask due to a medical condition. You cannot be forced to disclose any medical condition. Supreme Court of the United States recognizes our constitutional right to privacy. Your right to privacy of medical history is further protected by our Fifth Amendment. Assert your rights. ADA hotline information is even on this flyer. Now, you know what's interesting, JC? That... Uh, somebody that we know, who, by the way, is very excited about, about having us back on the show. Do you remember Sheila J Zielinski? Mm -hmm. So Sheila Zielinski uh, posted this on, on her website. You know, she's in California. She said she was sorry that she missed us in uh, California when we were there. She was actually in the crowd watching. She just didn't get to us in time. And in, in San Diego... And that's where we were, right? Sacramento. 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 San Diego's a little bit further south. But anyway, she posts this. She gets an angry phone call from somebody in the California government mm -hmm. that is alleging to be uh, part of the Department of Justice, saying that she's posting lies and that they're going to send somebody over to arrest her. <laughs> well, Sheila, Sheila's not a shrinking violet. So she said, you know what? 
I'm pretty confident what I'm saying I have posted is not lies. So if you want to send your your Twitter Nazis after me, you can go ahead and do that. But uh, come on and arrest me if you think that's what you want to do. But I'm not taking it down, right? And so I just wanted to point out uh, again what we have posted here, JC, just so people can see that we are not posting anything false. There is not anything in here that tells... Is there anything in here that tells people with uh, to, to break a law? No. As a matter of fact, if you go to the Americans with Disability Act website, they will actually tell you that there are certain conditions to which wearing a mask will be harmful to your health. Okay? So that's, that's number one. We're not telling anybody to break any laws. We're not telling anybody to do anything wrong. Are we telling anybody to break any laws here? Uh-uh. We're informing people of the laws. We're informing them that HIPAA, uh, HIPAA absolutely protects you from disclosing your medical information. Everybody should know that by now. The heck. And then uh, it also informs you that the Americans with Disability Act would give a fine to a business. I don't think this one actually says, but uh, yeah. So if you have a medical condition, you don't have to wear this mask. So I don't think we're saying anything that's wrong. And so I just want to tell you that I stand behind what we've said. So if some trolls, because I've had some trolls come to my, my social media and tell me that the Department of Justice tells me that this is fake news and whatever. Let me tell you what. I went to the Department of Justice's website and I read what they said about people who were posting these things. Read what they said. What they said was people using the Department Justice logo. There's no Department Justice logo. We're not, we're not pretending that this is a notice from the Department of Justice. And we are not telling anyone to break the law. So don't back down just because some, some trolls have been triggered and they're not happy. So I just want you to know that you can get that at chrisanhall.com. And please encourage your businesses to post this because it's absolutely true. So, JC, I wanted to talk about this. This is a little bit more of a psychological, sociological spin that okay. I thought maybe we should have a fun, some fun talking about. This is an article from The Hill. Now, <clears throat> I don't really buy into everything they're saying, but they actually bring up, in my opinion, a really good question. So the headline is, The First Amendment may be safe, but free expression is not and i want to show what you says free speech is under attack today but more in spirit than in law and that's the problem the first amendment which precludes the government from abridging a citizen's right to speak their mind doesn't apply to the reactions citizens have when others offer unsavory opinions that means the core sensibility the founders wanted to protect the culture of free expression is vulnerable not only to unconstitutional attacks from the state, but from what are perfectly permissible attacks from citizens and employers. And they note that the problem can't be solved in court. It has to be addressed in the public square. And it's it's something 
that that we've we've tried to promote that we've tried to talk about uh, the fact that there is a a tit for tat kind of thing that goes on in society today. You know, you have you have the people who attack Trump and then they turn around and then they say, well, if you're going to attack Trump, then I'm going to attack this guy or whatever. And I, I just want to what what do you think, JC, is like what what has caused us to be a society that is so absolutely intolerant to anything that that even to use the word infringes upon our sen- our, our, our our comfort zones or our own personal sensibilities uh what splc calls a conspiracy theory known as cultural marxism cultural marxism even though even though the uh even though those behind it admit it <laughs> and declare uh, you know, declare their their assault like the book "Burn Down the American Plantation." Right. SPLC still says it's that's made up. We're just making that up. Right. But yeah, that's it. That's that's what it is. I mean, if you want to spend six hours delving into all that. Well. But in short. In short, cultural Marxism. Tell me a little bit more about talk, that. I mean, so we talk. It's what we've talked about, pretty much every show, <laughs> for. Seven or eight years, right? And just uh, it's in fact they've been the Marxists have infected every area of society, and which is they've been at it for over a hundred years, and this is where we are. So they've they've built this culture, right? Right. The founders built or attempted to build a certain culture, um, and you know there was a there's a counter culture, and this is. It now exists. They've been building it. It exists. So this this is where we live. So we don't really the the public square, as they say. And this is the thing. I still believe that this does not represent a majority of Americans. Right. Okay. But the problem is the Marxists control the public square. So the public square, right? Which what do we mean? When we're talking about the public public square. The means of communication. The 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 you know, ways in which you can get your voice out and heard. Um, when we say majority of Americans not Marxist, it's irrelevant because the Marxists control a majority of the public square, mm-hmm. right? So you have, a, you have this minority of subversives uh, whose goal is to absolutely overturn and tear down this nation. Well, the public square that's, is, that's why it's under threat. is also controlled by, by the general cultural consensus, which is controlled by the educational system as well. You no, know, I you keep pumping no, no, people they control, out there. They control, the, the Marxists control the educational system. Yeah, that's, sens- my, that's what I'm saying. System. Yeah, they but control no, the educational system, Yeah, but there's system, no general, there is no general consensus, right? When you say general consensus, it sounds like you're saying, well, the majority of Americans are okay with being Marxists. I no, don't, that's no, no, no. not the case. Mm-mm. It's the f- majority of Americans get up, go to work, you know, come home, eat, take care of kids, and are completely unplugged with right. what is going on in this country. Right. Again, I, I, I said this story several uh, shows ago when I went out knocking on doors uh, for the sheriff's race and we're only targeting Republicans 
over half of those people were not even aware of what's going on in their community. And these are people that vote every single yeah, so election. They're, they're Republicans. They're registered Republicans and, and they're Republicans that are voters. politically active voters. Yeah. Maybe not politically active, but so, they but, are regularly active voters but and that's, they still are not connected and they don't get it. But that's how the this minority controls the public square. Even right. even like Richard says, the public square is controlled by the mob, which is correct. But at the same time, this mob is a minority yes, of Americans. It is a minority so it of is Americans. So it is a tyranny of this more active, more engaged, more plugged in Marxist because the the uh, like average American, our attitude is like, I'm just living my life. I'm not trying to tear down anything that belongs to anybody. But the Marxist subversives, it is their mission and their goal to destroy this nation so they right. have to be active they have to be engaged you can't like you can't just sit back and then america collapses that's that it doesn't work that way you have to actively destroy it so by nature that little minority mob is more active and they have systematically moved in positions to where they control the entire public education system they control uh, most of the media, with mm -hmm. very few exceptions, they have basically built, they've built the social media sphere. So the Facebook, mm -hmm. the Twitter, Instagram, Google, all of that are controlled by these Marxists. So that's why you see conservatives, you know, they, at, at the same time, they realize if it's, you know, they just totally ban you and, and whatever, then you then you wouldn't be in there and probably the government would really swoop in, shut them down, all this sort of stuff. So they start, it's like they let you in, but then you get shadow banned and censored and throttled and all this sort of stuff, but they control the media. So the public square, you, when you say, how is this culture, how does this culture rise? How does it thrive? Because we have allowed this minority of Marxists to take over all of these aspects of America. And Val, and says, this, and this Val says they're better organized. They are better organized. And this this is the crazy thing because you hear from the liberty side, you know, we talk about getting active and, and, and doing something. And you, you always hear, you know, it doesn't take a majority, uh, you know, the, the 3%, the 9%, whatever. It doesn't take a majority. <laughs> yeah, but well, you know it doesn't take a majority to destroy the nation okay. either. But here's the point. They always say it doesn't take a majority, but then they leave off the rest of that. It takes a tireless minority well, that's what they dedicated, are. right? That's what they so are. The, the, so, uh, and that's that's where, what Val's point is, is they're, 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 more, or they're better organized uh, you don't have to be funded to be organized. I don't think you could say that we were well funded in the beginning of our of, of our our foundation no, of America. They, Certainly they, not compared to who we are. But but you cannot just simply be a minority that does nothing. Yeah. You have to be a tireless minority. You don't you have, have to be an active minority. Right. If you're tireless, that means you're doing something. That means you're yeah. active about something. Sure. And you, and you said you don't have to be well-funded to be well-organized. However, if you are well-funded, 
then that's a bonus. Yeah, it and is And many bonus. of those organizations are. So a lot of these billionaires like Soros and some of these others and the celebrities and whatever, they, they'll throw their millions behind mm -hmm. destroying the nation, destroying the foundations of this country. And so, you know, that, that's what you're dealing with. That, that's well, but the then, answer. But you that's have that, the behemoth that we're fighting. Right. And part of that behemoth is the within the conservative circles that 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 life ideology that you were mentioning you know just if if you leave me alone i'll leave you alone you know liberty sure. means i i go to work and i do my job and and i let you live your life the way you want to live your life i live my life the way i want to live my life and you don't have that same kind of marxist collective mentality that drives these people to get involved and get in and fund each other right mm -hmm. so you you have massive funding because it's a different mindset of ideology and I, i'm afraid that until we sort of become a little bit more uh united in what we're doing we need we need patriots to start organizing. I talked to somebody today. He says, where's the George Soros of the constitutionalists? You know, if, if, if those who want to destroy America have George Soros, where are the ones who want to preserve America? Where are the George Soroses that are that want? And I don't mean the ones that want to preserve a political party. Are those who want to back a political candidate, okay? There's plenty of, of political donors out there. I'm talking about people who are willing to, to fund the step up and organize out. Like when, when the Bundys were in prison and being tortured for peaceful protesting. Do you realize if... If the liberals, if that had happened to a liberal in movement, what would have happened to the condition of America if some of these, these rioters and looters were taken into a prison cell, chained naked for days, and only given minimal sustenance? I mean, that's what happened to Ammon Bundy. For peacefully protesting at the Malhar Bird Refuge, he was he was held without bail until trial. He was handcuffed to the wall with no clothes on for days. Where would the liber where would the SPLC be? Where would the ACLU be if these were liberal protesters, if these were part of the Marxist protesters? And so the point is, where are those who are willing to get activated, stand up and stick their neck out and put their money where their mouth is? Great question. I think so too. Well, maybe, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. I'd like to have the answer to that question. But I was talking to somebody today that said, uh, you know, we'd like to find the George Soros of the Liberty Movement, mm -hmm. not somebody who's just wants to vote for a political party. But this article. But that's the thing. That's that's what you find because, you, I mean, individual liberty doesn't. They don't see an immediate payout, right? If I if I fund a party or a politician, to get them in power, then they throw me a bone with some con some insider trading, some contract or whatever. So that's even when you you see a lot of 
because because I could name a lot of big donors, uh, Republican donors, but it's usually about favors. It's about cronyism. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what you have. So the people that and again, I you know, when you think about. Um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, Robert Moore, Morris, Governor Morris uh, uh, and, and who Hancock, mm -hmm. you know, John Hancock. I mean, obviously, some of those guys who were the big money bags certainly had a self-interest in the sense of their business prospering and their interests prospering. But it was more of a long-term view. It wasn't, it wasn't the idea of I'm, I'm buying somebody no. to, to corruptly throw me a I'm a purchasing favor. liberty. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm investing, investing in a in system yes. that's going to create prosperity. Right. And I'm going to prosper right. as a consequence of that. So that's, that's the thing you see when you see somebody like, um, like John Hancock and Morris and Solomon and, and those guys in the revolution. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, it wasn't purchasing politicians. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like today. Even the so-called, you know, because you can name various conservative donors, big money conservatives. And it's more like they're buying favors than buying freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Buying favors than freedom. And, and the politicians reach out to them in the same way. Yeah. You know, I'll take you on a nice vacation, you know, just back me up or, or whatever, right? You know, I'll give you these perks. And, and that's... Yeah, so it's kind of sad. And it's, that's uh, not compatible with the liberty perspective anyway, so... No. Yeah, so... The article goes on, obviously, it's the Hill, so they're going to go on and talk about Donald. By the way, go back up to the top. I, I felt like it, it wasn't 100%. This is not 100% on target, uh, it, it, where it says, um, uh, is this the article you were looking yeah, at? Yeah. Uh -huh. so, so it protects against the state, but, not, but you're not protected against the, like the attack of the citizen. That's not yeah. entirely true. Because you think about a, a public protest uh, for, you know, peaceably protesting. It's the obligation of officers to protect, right, uh, so-called law enforcement, mm -hmm. to protect the people expressing their First Amendment rights from a heckler. Yeah, that's so, true. So you are in, in, there are aspects where your speech is protected from the, from a, that's a, you know, JC, assault. that's a really, really good point. And I'm glad that you, you picked up on that. I'm going to go ahead and highlight that section here. It says, uh, that means that the core sensibility of the founder, what the founders wanted to protect, the core culture of freedom of expression is vulnerable not only to unconstitutional attacks from the state, but from what are perfectly permissible attacks from citizens and employers. Um, no, they're not. They're protect. They're not permissible uh, in if they're attacks. Uh, and I think maybe we need to be clear about that. Uh, number one, there is a limit to uh, there's there's liability in uh, slander and libel, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a form of attack. You cannot you cannot effectuate what they call a heckler's veto. Right. Right. So you can't negate what somebody else is is protesting we, by being violent or obnoxious to them, so, which would be an attack. So right. You can we have saw dueling, that this, last weekend. Yeah, you can have dueling private protests mm -hmm. where people are protesting on the same issue from different perspectives in the same place. But you can't have 
actual attacks because and now somebody's that's, shutting down. That's now not permissible. Shutting down their mm -hmm. free speech. We we were in uh, we were up North Florida this past weekend, and there was a a, um, a protest. It was a gathering, and and there was in the public square, like public property, right? Mm -hmm. And people were giving speeches, and then a member of an opposing group started yelling at the speaker to shut the speaker down. The chief of police intervened and said, because and, the girl was like, oh, it's my free speech. When she was trying to shut down the speaker, that's my free speech. I can say what I want. And she said, and the police chief said, no, uh, it is not your free speech to stop her from, from speaking because of your heckling. Right. So that's what came to mind when I, when I read that part and said, you're not protected from private attack. That's not entirely true. Right. Absolutely. Well, that, that's a very good distinction. And that's the sort of difference that we've been teaching for the last few weeks between the difference between a protest and a riot, right. a difference between a protest and a looting and a protest and violence. And I'm, I'm really encouraged about the police chief doing that, actually. I mean, how often do you get to see that kind of thing happening? Yeah. So the Hill article brings up... That's Chief Gilmore in, Columbia, in Lake City. Chief Gilmore. So what you have then is this, this Hill article that we talked about talks about the, the tr Donald Trump tweet, uh, which says there will never be an autonomous zone in Washington, D.C. as long as I'm your president. If they try, they will be met with serious force. Okay. Well, Donald Trump's tweet has been has been censored by the Twitter safety. Nonsense. So what happens now, if you click on this tweet, right? Let me show everybody what happens with this tweet. Let me see if this will... No, okay. So what happens with this tweet... Where's Yeah, the... it's got the little All right. cover on it. It's got warning. a cover on it. So... When you hit this tweet, it automatically comes up with a cover on it, with the Twitter safety notice on it. Mm -hmm. And then it says you can click it to view it, and then you can view it. Now look at what Twitter says. We've placed a public interest notice on this tweet for violating our policy against abusive behavior, specifically the presence of a threat of harm against an identifiable group. What group? What group? What group? There does that no mean group. does that mean if the police chief comes and makes a tweet and says that if you're planning on robbing the 7-Eleven this weekend, you will be met with serious force. Now, yeah. is that now a specifically uh, abusive, abusive behavior? behavior? Is that a threat of harm against an identifiable group? Because I think, and, and this goes back to that whole people don't tolerate things that go beyond their sensibilities. And now we have, we have sheriffs, like in Hillsborough County here, letting criminals out of jail, but electing but arresting pastors, now we can't even talk about meeting criminal activity with force. 
because meeting criminal activity with force is abusive behavior. So what is going to happen to society when we can no longer speak freely because of political social bullies? Where everything that you say is offensive and you're actually reported. Sheila Zelinsky posts our posters and somebody somebody turns her in to the local um, to the local government office for freedom of speech. There's absolutely nothing in those posters that tells anybody to break the law, which, by the way, which is quite ironic because we're talking about California where they're not actually enforcing the law on people who are violently protesting. You're talking about the same people. What is violently protesting? I'm sorry, excuse me. Rioting. Rioting, right? See how easy that is to just, how, how quickly that rolls off the tongue like that. I need to like... I thought you were being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic, but nonetheless. This is the thing. You've got people in, in Seattle breaking the law. Where's the, de- where's the complaints to the Department of Justice by the government officials? Where are the complaints of the people who are rioting uh, and destroying personal property to the Department of Justice? I mean, I don't want them to complain to the Department of Justice. It's not the Department of Justice's business. But this is is what I'm talking about. It's this whole insanity that makes people think things out of proportion. So posting a poster that tells you that if you have a medical condition, you don't have to wear a mask and nobody can make you wear a mask is now some t- somehow warrants having the, the sheriff and the police come to your house and arrest you. But violently protesting or rioting and destroying somebody's property and, oh, no, we can't do anything about that. This is what they really need to be talking about as the collective result of this. It's, it's not just simply the death of the First Amendment. It's not just simply the death of freedom of speech. What we're talking about here is is the decline and the destruction of society as a whole. Civilization collapsing because we no longer have a, a collective brain. You know, Trump himself did the same thing several days ago with another tweet where he, he said something about, um, uh, some, if you burn the flag, uh, I forget what he said, something about you thrown in, thrown in jail, throw away the key, have your citizenship revoked or whatever. Right. So, um, <laughs> he's also a guy that's, it, it's, but it's typical. That, but that's, that's what that's, I that's mean. That's where we are with the conservative statist and, and liberal statist uh only want free speech for themselves. But that, but see, but that was use, the point that I made. And want to punish yeah. opinions they don't like. That was, that was exactly the, the, the point that I was making, that this is actually a 
a bipartisan thing. Yeah, you're in jail for burning the flag. Retweet if we should enforce one year in jail for burning the American flag. Well, apparently 60.4 thousand people think that it should be a crime to burn the American flag, punishable by a year in jail. There are so many examples, JC, that just simply prove the point. Thank you, Larry Rogers, for your super chat donation today. But God bless you. And thank you also to Mary Lee Taylor. That's also how the anti-free speech culture uh, is perpetuated. Right. Because, because rather than you know, operating on principle right. of... I mean, freedom of speech means freedom of speech for everyone, whether right. you like it or not, whether you're offended or not. Uh, but so when we get into the tribalism, conservative versus liberal, and, and we're just fighting, you know, our tribe versus their tribe, our tribe needs to win. If you do something we don't like, then you need, you need to be destroyed, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's just like the lady, the lady that, uh, the comedian lady with the Trump, the bloody Trump head. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. she, I think she's a vile, Griffin. despicable person. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't mean you you get to keep your private job, you know. If if your employer says, "Hey, you're hurting our image, you're right. fired," but then at the same time, it's it as far as the law is concerned, that's protected speech. Right. She should be able to do that. Yeah. Right. But yep. that was another thing. Remember when that argument happened? People couldn't separate government actor from private. Uh, her being fired at or like that. There were so many so many you know different tangents of that. Oh, she shouldn't be fired because it's protected speech. No, right. it is protected speech, but it, she doesn't work for the government. It's not the government coming after her. Right. She's fired. Or if, if she's fired, then she's fired by her private employer because of financial interest, because of image, because of whatever, because of a violation of well, and rules, she's a, and she would be a public figure whose yeah. whose image would be would directly impact the business. So I'm sure she has. See, those people sign contracts sure. that say that you know you are an image, so you can't do anything that tarnishes but that's our the image. Thing. But so if you make a, if you make, so on the right, you make a, some disgusting picture about Obama, you know, and then somebody comes at you, oh, that's free speech. But then Kathy Griffin does it to Trump, ah, oh, you know, take her down, take her out, and vice versa, right? So it just flips back and forth, tribe versus tribe. That sort of thing perpetuates anti-free speech culture, destroys that very liberty for future generations Mm -hmm. because rather than defend that liberty, you're defending your candidate, you're defending your party, you're defending your tribe. Right, exactly. And that's the division and, and that's why we're having... Liberty is collapsing as as the culture collapses. By the way, as a veteran, I didn't fight for a flag. Yeah. I hate, I absolutely hate when I hear fellow veterans say that crap. Yeah. I, I, stood, I stood for the, you know, it was about the flag. It wasn't about the flag. Are you crazy? You're defending... A flag, not defending a flag. We're defending the principles of liberty. The, even, the same thing we do on this show every day. Even the even the Pledge of Allegiance says that you don't pledge allegiance to the flag. You pledge allegiance to, to the republic public for which it, it stands. Yeah, for, which stands. <laughs> for which it stands. And so... It just aggravates me. Yeah, that's one of those things. But 
We have to. We would have because to those allow... people don't, they don't even know those principles. By the way, right. sorry to interrupt. Yeah. They don't even know the like same people. So, I mean, if if your point is I support this flag because of the principles, this represents these principles to me. Okay, fine. But most of the people, you know, the flag waving and rabbit, oh, burn the flag. You need to go to prison. Let's quiz Donald Trump on the principles of the Constitution. Come on, man. Give me yeah. a break. Yeah. So most of these people, they don't even know. And it's, it's not a Trump attack. I'm just saying people are more, you're more incensed about the symbol of the principles than the attack on the very principles themselves because you don't have, you don't even know what they freaking are. And what happens if the day comes when the flag no longer becomes a symbol of those principles? Right. What happens when the day comes that the flag becomes a symbol of something besides the republic for which it stands. And that's what happened to our founders, by the way. They had a flag once, too. And they had a, a, a love for their country. My goodness, I don't know. We talk about people who are rabid patriots now. I don't think that that people understand how rabidly patriotic our founders were towards their British government. I mean, even after the Declaration of Independence, a good number of them, a good number of them that we call founders, and Mercy Otis Warren being one of them, were praying for reconciliation. They would have been happy if the British government would have said, oh, my bad, you're right, we're, we, we overstepped our boundaries and, you know, we're going to make everything right. If they had done that, it's very quite likely that we would still be part of the United Kingdom today. That's how rabidly patriotic they were. And so when it came to the point Right. When the Declaration of Independence says that there there comes a point when when separation is inevitable. The inevitability of that, the realization that their flag had become a symbol of something that was no longer its original meaning. Yeah. So our founders go to jail for a year because they burned their flag because their flag was no longer a symbol of what what they came to know and love as their home country. (laughs) And Parker, 1776, that, that, that is true. They fought for the banksters. Yeah. Now, I was speaking more of the individual's intent. So their, their heart and intent. Yeah, the heart and because intent in fact, of the I, veterans. And that, and it, which is totally true, yeah. right? I, I remember um, as I'm approaching, you know, m- m- the end of my service in the military, and, and sort of slowly learning and coming to the realization of what's really going on here. Um, you know, I, when I got out, I remember saying to myself, I, I, would, I would never do that again. I mean, I don't, and that's why, again, I draw that distinction. I don't disrespect the individuals because I was one of them and I know mm-hmm. most of them don't even understand who's really 
pulling the strings, who, who's using them like <laughs> they cattle. Haven't, they haven't read The Killing of Uncle Sam. Right. They, they, don't, they know, don't know, they know their I did, history. I that did sort of not. Thing. I didn't know either. I didn't know. I had no clue when I was in the military and I'll tell the you, bigger picture. And I'll tell you that I respect every single service member that's in there now who does that for the same reasons yeah, that we Because of the there. intent. I respect the, the intent. In, it is the intent. Yeah. No, nobody, no, nobody graduates high school and goes, I'm going to go fight for the, for the central banksters. Mm -hmm. Nobody says that. Yeah. No, their intent is pure. And I know a lot of people, as they go along, get disenfranchised I, when they see how their government abuses the veterans and how I the big question. money players uses the military. I have a question. Oops, sorry. Yeah. If we should put people in jail... Excuse me. For burning the flag for a year, you know, put people in jail for a year for burning the flag. Um, what other flag etiquette should be illegal? <laughs> right, because it's, it's pretty atrocious. Yeah, because uh, flag etiquette as published is law. Is, is law, with no penalty, by the way, which right. is why Donald Trump's making this comment. But if you let your flag touch the ground, do you have to spend 60 days in the county jail? <laughs> right. What if you fly your flag upside down? Because that's contrary to flag etiquette. So if you fly your flag upside down, is that now a criminal penalty? Because it actually means something to fly your flag upside down. It means nation in distress. So if you claim that your nation's in distress by flying your flag upside down, now do you have to go to jail? I, Where I, I does it end? Where and that's and that's why this whole crying out for more government right. is never the answer. Well, this is pure nationalism. I mean, yeah. that, that's what that is. Trump Trump is a nationalist. There's no question about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we go, I want to give us a little a little uh, headline of what's coming. Have our how about four minutes of Supreme Court? Does that sound good for you, JC? Yeah. We four minutes of Supreme Court just to give you guys because nobody covers the Supreme Court like we do, and nobody's going to tell you what the Supreme Court's doing like we do. Uh, even the conservatives, even the Christians, they they put their spin on it. We're not going to spin it for you. So, um, Noam Chomsky called called Donald Trump the gangster in the White House. Yeah. Now I do believe you know particularly considering where we are or where we would be, was Trump better than the alternative? No question. Yeah, no question. No question. Hey, uh, don't forget to give us a thumbs up, guys. Put your thumbs up in right now before you forget. I'm, I'm looking at all the people in the chat room. We've got just a little bit more than half of you giving me a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up and help us overdo, undo the algorithm. Also, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. So here's our four minutes on the Supreme Court. Supreme Court will decide the future of the Electoral College. The Supreme Court will not rule on anything because they are not kings. They will opine on the independent powers of electors redetermining the meaning of the Electoral College. Well, let's just all hope and pray that's not what they do. Redetermine? Redetermining the meaning of the Electoral College. Now, this wow. is the salon, but it gives you the language that they think is what... You know, I mean, this is how people think. This is how federal and judicial supremacists think, that the Supreme Court amends the Constitution with their so-called rulings. Now, basically, the, this, the Supreme Court is going to uh, give their opinion 
about the uh, whether the electors can be dictated by political parties or if they can break free and be independent uh, representatives. If you want to know about the Electoral College, what it actually means and what it's all about, you need to go to chrisannhall.com and you need to go and uh, search for a... a, uh, There we go. Search for an article. Uh, Give me some music, JC. Do, 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 do. There we go. Is that Twilight Zone? Yeah, that's what it feels like. All right, so... Disenfranchising Disenfranchising the voters, destroying the Electoral College. Now, you can go to the Salon article where they'll give you their little invention of the history of the Electoral College. But I would recommend instead to go to chrisannhall.com and see the article on disenfranchising the voters, destroying the Electoral College. If you also go to our Liberty First University uh, YouTube channel, you will find that a video on disenfranchising the voters on the Electoral College. So Supreme Court cases, there are, and we'll go over through these in the last two minutes. Six major Supreme Court, uh, six major questions the Supreme Court still needs to resolve this term. Number one. Number one, uh, the liberals say effectively eliminate the right to abortion, but we know it's simply a law that says if you're going to do an abortion, you have to have access to a hospital in case something goes wrong. Yeah, you covered that before yep. in a similar list. Number two, Trump could gain sweeping immunity from congressional oversight. It's about, the it's about his IRS. tax returns. Number three, religious right could be one of the biggest winners in this term. It has to do with can the government mandate private religious organizations provide coverage for birth control for their employees when it is contrary to their religious beliefs okay so basically this is not a question of the religious right this is a question of separation of church and state what the government can dictate to the church and then you also have the uh, ministerial exemption whether you are uh, just a minister's, just administers deserve the rights to religious liberty. Right. Uh, fi- Trump could gain new p- broad power to fire people. This is Sela Law v. CFBP. This is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And this has to do with uh, whether the president can fire someone who works for the executive agency or if he has to have a better reason. Are you an at-will employee? Are you a contract employee, right? All right. And that's it. Those are the top six cases that we should look out for on the Supreme Court. Remember, hit your thumbs up now. Oh, look at those numbers going up as we talk. Hit your subscribe button so that you don't miss any of this. And uh, we will be sure to follow these Supreme Court cases for you. Remember... Take back the narrative, speak freely, speak honestly, speak truthfully, and don't worry about people calling you names. Yeah. 
That's the tough part about this show. We believe in nuance. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can disagree with Trump while not hating him, right? You can, you can support what he does right. You can criticize what he does wrong, you know, or anybody, whether left, right. So I think the more popular shows or the more popular conversation is no nuance. Like that's the thing with the left today. There's no gray, there's no nothing. You're, you're either f totally for BM, BLM or you're white supremacist, everybody's a racist, that kind of thing. Oh, by the way, they, they, in, in our hometown, they, some dude started publishing me as a, a white supremacist racist again, you know, because the BLM was in town. There was a notice out, watch out for Chris Ann coming to town. <laughs> I don't know how they knew we were coming to town. Watch out for Chris Ann coming to town. She's a white supremacist. She's a hater. She's a racist. And, and JC, we have a guy that, somebody, a guy, I say that in a gender neutral term, that comes and gives us a thumbs down every day cool so awesome. good for him at least i love i love being able to control somebody like that like i i just yeah. love that i love the fact that you have the, so much power over some leftist loon that that you compel him to come to, come to the show and hit a thumbs down <laughs> isn't that awesome? awesome is that awesome <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are not the droids you're looking for life by the way yeah right all right well, God bless you guys, and we will definitely be seeing you tomorrow. Yay!